Welcome back to This Is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Worthless by Off The Tracks. Off The Tracks' first show will be tomorrow at the Philly Barbecue 2.5. This is something special. Obviously, my boy Bob Wilson, Carter from within, Lennon. He doesn't even need a description, just Lennon. You know who the fuck he is. And finally, Mr. Eric fucking Walk. Off the Tracks. The demo came out. It's Off the Tracks demo by Off the Tracks. I'm so excited to see young people who are carrying on the torch of bands like Freight Train, etc. from the Pennsylvania hardcore scene. So check them out tomorrow. Go to their band camp. Good luck, boys. What's fucked up is I spent 45 minutes talking on this damn thing. And it's not where I want it to go. And I'm going to hold you and try to push through an idea when it just was falling short for me, I suppose. Um, so allow me to ramble on. It was Friday night. Mike Hooligan, the world's fastest marathon driver if you ever go to a show with him it's definitely like the cannonball run situation where he's driving and just all sorts of chaos but we always get decent parking and we show up on time well this time leaving work for me was a little bit of a pain in the ass getting to his house a pain in the ass the chaos of the first earth crisis strife and snapcase show being on sale was getting to me and I just had this impending kind of stress and obviously yeah I'm big enough to say it was anxiety I, I don't know why I get weird when I talk about anxiety but I was getting crazy anxious the whole drive and thank God for Mike and his just camaraderie and just good conversation to kind of pull the throat but the where was Stu show was something else and I was lucky to be in company with so many good people, but specifically Brian and his wife, who's my new best friend, and all of our usual friends up in Boston were just, it was good to be around, but like, I don't know, man, when you're in the middle of a floor with 2,000 something people and Dave Bird's crying and you start, like me, I start choking up, it was an emotional roller coaster, and... I have lived long enough in hardcore and done enough in the promoting facility kind of situation to know that one of the few things that hardcore punk can offer out when things get bad is these kind of shows. And so it never crossed my mind otherwise that Bane wouldn't play something like this. So to catch you all up, last Friday at the House of Blues, there was a show called We're With Stu for Brendan Stu McGuire from Reach the Sky, Bane, production manager at House of Blues, friend to so many. He had been fighting pancreatic cancer like a champ and gotten the bad news that chemotherapy wasn't working and that his time was limited. And so... Bane, doing what Bane does, just being the outstanding motherfuckers that they are, 
and with the contacts and help of House of Blues, which is where Brendan worked, they pulled together the show. And as soon as it got up on sale, I bought some tickets. I knew me and a couple of the guys would go. And and I'd been planning essentially, and I talked about this last week, that it would be like a way to say goodbye to our friend. And instead it wasn't. Uh, after the Madball show, we were driving home and we saw Colin Arabia's post that Brendan had passed. So all week leading up to this thing, I was just not my usual self, so to speak, when I was thinking about like what was going on and the excitement about getting out of town or riding with Mike, etc. And so, you know, leading up to it, it wasn't as weird as like the stand by me, like the line where they say, do you want to see a dead body? It's not like that. It was more just the idea, and it sticks with me, that sometimes all we have is these fucking shows or these fucking t-shirts. And it's the cultural way that we can give back or help out the family. And so part of what will happen now is if you want to help out the family, the Bane... People have merch, specifically, so the proceeds go to the family. And and even that in itself was a lot to swallow. I mean, that that's what cracked it for me was when his wife and children were on the stage and Sonny and Todd Pollock had been posting those pictures and the videos from this hardcore in 2011 where his daughter looked so small and she's such a like she's like in her early teens now. It's it's a lot, man. It's a lot to take in, but this is what we do. And this is like where I was getting at. And I started getting to this point in the first dish of this ramble. And then I realized I needed to refocus, so I just scrapped the whole motherfucker. You know, um I know and knew for a long time that when shows were getting back on track so many fucking people would just go bananas and buy every ticket there was. And I'm going everywhere. Oh, show in fucking Alaska? There. Hawaii? There. And the enthusiasm is absolutely fantastic. And no one deserves it more than the bands that really put out the effort to be out in the front and get shows going. And not to trip back over an old stone, but it was Madball in Thompson Square Park. It was the Dead City Punks and their fucking absolute chaos. Two separate coasts, two separate ideas on hardcore shows. And um, despite the shit talking and insolence from the peanut gallery about what happened with Thompson Square Park in New York City, it still stands to be one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Bar none. And to watch Madball lead from the front uh, two weeks ago they played in, in Reading, Pennsylvania with Dead Before Dishonor and Cruel Hands and Hangman and most uh, most important multiple home front chaos aka MH Chaos and Hesitate and I think that that's important to understand is that Manball has always been one of these bands that is like the standard bearer for those that may not understand that like you were an honorary, or you were an honored soldier in the Roman Legion if you were able to carry the standard of that specific legion in a battle. And it was a 
heralded position. And that's something that I think is true to male ball. Like they are the standard bearer for hardcore across the world and New York hardcore in general. And so now seeing them bounce immediately from the PA, uh, New Hampshire, and what was the other show? Oh, in Connecticut weekend. Now they've got shows in Texas. They're going to Florida. Like these guys truly can't stop, won't stop. And the reason why that's important is that everything that we've done, or at least everything that I've done show-wise, has always related back to the people, the bands driving it, the small amount of promoters that pull the strings. But to see Manball just being one of the first bands out there getting after multi-state shows, multiple weekends, this is absolutely fucking fantastic. And so I'm excited to know that more people are coming out than usual. More people are buying uh, the advanced sale ticket. Like, that's fantastic. And where I was going with the one thing I scrapped, I was saying something more along the lines of this won't last forever. And I won't, I'm not going to wax nostalgically and say like, well, when I was younger, you know, we went to every single show because there were so many. And this is a conversation point probably to take up from rule of three. But when I was younger, there wasn't the fucking internet. So you could have three shows on top of each other and no one know who the fuck the other two shows are. Or you could have really awesome bands at a shitty location with a promoter who did dick nothing. So there's 10 people at the show. And so it's hard to give a comparison that doesn't conflate points. But what I can say is now is a time where the enthusiasm is honest and earnest, I truly believe. And thinking about the fact that here we are in 2021 trying to pick up the pieces of what was fragmented and lost in 2020 with COVID. Um, we are left in a position where there is a shit ton of bands coming through. Not just hardcore, but just like huge amounts of bands. It's like bottlenecking in every room in the Northeast. Some clubs you can't even get a hold on the weekend until May of 2022. And it's like one of those Talladega Nights moments. If you're not first, you're last. But in that, the hardcore scene is going to have to get a little creative because we're not all able to hold the calendar like our bro from last week's episode, Big Shane Merrill. And we're not able to, you know, control if the room is open for hardcore shows. So this is where you're going to have to go maybe a little bit into the punk rock world. You're going to have to, you know, rent that hall instead of going to the small club and you know, this is where innovators and people who are creative and those who are truly willing to get the job done at any cost are going to put on some fucking absolutely fabulous shows. And those of you who have been plugging and playing, you know, send an email, get a hold, confirm, lock it in, email, boom, here's the ad map, boom, I'm a promoter, where's my money? Like that shit's over for the hardcore people, you know, for our people. Chris Lineblad said on No Echo, when the hell did people start saying this thing of ours? And, you know, yeah, there's some mafia in connotation or, you know, some relation to that. And I don't think that's wrong to say. This thing is ours. And if you're a part of it, then, yeah, you understand what the fuck I'm saying. So it is ours. It's our thing. And so we share it. So don't like it. Keep writing on the Internet, Chris.
Much love, but don't take that shit too far. This thing of ours is important, and the only way that we're going to continue it if some of these big clubs and the smaller clubs are getting locked out is these small shows. And people like Ace from Richmond, Scanlon from Long Island. Uh, there's a lot of people out there pulling and, and getting these shows ripping and rolling again. It's absolutely fucking fantastic. And, I, you know, uh, Baltimore's got a big show coming up. There's so much positive, great things in hardcore, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit, that I think that the challenge here is to respect what we didn't have last year. Respect what it means to be at these things. And what do you really glean from it all? You know, um, Prime Directive, you might not watch all the bands. Some people really prefer to watch all the bands. Some people feel like it's a miscarriage of justice if they're not there at the first band, but other people have to run late because of work. You know, like there's a lot of different ways to take and go in the shows. And ultimately, with the there's more than one way to skin a cat adage. You know, like, yeah, people are going to go to shows for different reasons. People are going to show up late. People are going to do this, that. All the semantics I don't even give a fuck about. What I want to see people is understanding that this culture lives, thrives, and ultimately survives by live support. People in the front, people putting on, people going right to that merch table and buying that t-shirt. You know, especially now, which just goes back to that Madball idea. Like, you know, they, they're leading from the front and, and for good fucking reason. Madball has been a professional act for such a long period of time. And that means if Madball's not playing, it's, you know, Freddie and the boys have to pivot and adjust and find other ways to get an income going. But, you know, there's a there's a beautiful thing in that, that some of our best ever, Agnostic Front, Terror, you know, Madball, some of these bands being able to just do this have done so much for hardcore that I think it's really cool and important to see Madball going out there and just forging their own paths. And they're not doing no 30-day tour. They're doing little weekends. Weekend here, like strategy was. It's fucking fantastic. So, you know, another thing to think about when we're talking about this stuff is it's also pretty fucking badass that with the survival of that Furnace Fest, there's all these shows coming down the south. And some of you know that those places aren't always the easiest to get a bill together. So here they are. Tons of fucking bills. I remember the Terror Tour getting announced through there with Nashville and shit. I'm like, dude, that's fucking absolutely fantastic. You know, um, I find that anytime bands are moving up and down the coast, it's always the smaller band, the smaller places where these bands touch that really make impact. And so as we see the wheel of commerce and the tour machine rolling forward, yeah, you're going to have to get on the ball. And you're going to have to support us now. And the other side of the coin is like, hey, uh, it may be November, December, January, February. And the excitement and or the, the the FOMO will wear off and you'll be back to being a curmudgeon at 22, upset and too cool to go to half the shit. But while you're happy about it now, take in consideration that sometimes these shows are other people's life's blood. You know... A lot of us grew up in this. 
when I say grew up, it wasn't like, um, I don't know, I turned 19 and got Spotify and found out about this shit. All of my friendships, all the things that would be fortuitous or less than, less than fortuitous came from people that I know in these show atmospheres and the people that matter the most to me over blood relatives at times are, are from the hardcore scene. You know, like this is the family that we chose. This is the family that we're growing with and takes it back to that. Where we're stupid without Brian Harrison, his wife and being around people as this, and you know, but Mike, dude, it was hard. It was hard. To, it wasn't hard to stomach. It was hard because I don't even know if I've ever really cried that much in public in general. I'm not really a crier. Way more or less in public. I usually try to be strong for my friends when we're at funerals. And I didn't feel like it was a funeral, but I definitely felt a little off. And I, and I definitely got fucking frustrated when Aaron Bedard is speaking so eloquently and there's some fucking douchebag waiting for Bounce of Souls going, shut up and play. And the older, wiser Joe won that one. I didn't knock their fucking head off their shoulders, but it definitely was a different experience. And then so we roll into the year of the knife show and all the things going on with the Earth Crisis shows at the same time. I I set up the Earth Crisis stripe and Snapcase shows in Philadelphia, preemptive doing two and fought like the whole time like we're doing two. We're gonna do two. And the first one sold out in a very quick amount of time as far as things go. And then we had some dumbass my fault, my bad mistakes, which the tickets went on sale like on or went on our page like two hours later than we had hoped. But like that show is almost sold out. So we've got two shows for the Earth Crisis Stripe Johns. One sold out. One's about to be sold out. And I'm walking into this as Year of the Knife's record release party. And um, for those listening, I work with Year of the Knife sometimes as an agent, sometimes, you know, career guiding. I hate using the term management. More like, you know, spiritual advisor. And so when we had a lot of plans for 2020, it didn't work out. But, you know, you don't you don't wait for people to give you plans. You go fucking make them. And that was what was so cool about Year of the Knife. As soon as we heard that Philly might be open, you know, we started getting the, the return of that record release party that initially was planned for the church. And rolling in motion, we got so lucky that Mind Force and these other bands came together, Queensway, and we brought out Age Apocalypse. And uh, Willumpy's band, which you heard on the show, all due respect. And threw some love to our friends in Raw Life. And, and I don't know. Post, post, you know, no COVID, would this show have done 650? I, I, that's the sellable capacity for that room? I don't know. I mean, I knew it was going to do better than the, the smaller room, which holds about 320 at the most. But it was just fantastic. And I think that's where the, like, the promoter brain and the numbers thing shut down, like, I was in fucking awe that night. Um, some kid got his tooth knocked out. That was pretty gnarly. Then a Aaron heard from Jesus Peace smoking weed backstage. I advised them to shove the tooth back in their mouth. I don't know if that worked, but it was still funny to see him. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I told him to put that shit back in his mouth. Um, that was like one piece of the puzzle. 
but in just seeing people excited again and seeing people happy to be around their friends um you know it it makes me think and it makes me think about people we lost and, and it makes me think about people that you know like depend on this and, and i don't know maybe sometimes i'm just like not hard on myself or, or hard on other people but I kind of don't like when people downplay the importance of hardcore. Like, well, I have a life besides hardcore shows. Like, yeah, no shit, everyone does, but this is still our thing. This is still, like, the the so much more than what we could ever really determine, you know, in a single word. And I think that's what makes it special. You know, some people, it is everything. It's not just the records and the bands and the, the fucking merch, but just the, that's the social interaction. That's our church, as Richie would eloquently put it multiple times on the This Is Hardcore podcast and we spoke about it on the Rule 3 podcast this is so much of our own spirituality our own way of communing together and that's what I'm getting at this whole fucking long ramble on this is our fucking way to get together and when we get together I've gotten together to celebrate I've gotten together because of Howie, who I think there have been another benefit show. So we're, I'm not putting myself on the pedestal and saying, well, without our benefit show. But because we were able to be trusted by Carl Picara and Jules and everybody who knew that we would do a good show, Philadelphia was able to do a show for Howie so he could afford surgery and change the outcome of his health. What the fuck else is that but insanely powerful? You know, we were able by people playing music, bands like Terror saying, fuck it, we don't need to get paid. We just want to be a part of this because Scott's a, a alone in the crowd super fan and he legit died in the paint every fucking day, 25, 8, 369 days a year, fucking hardcore kid and heard about how we needing a fucking benefit and came to the rescue. And so... This whole thing is about us getting back together and getting back on track. So don't lose any fucking sight. I know this sounds like a fucking 80s youth crew fucking um, montage. Don't lose sight. <laughs> but it's the truth. Like, this thing's important. And, you know, um, God rest Steve Patacio, young man from the Philadelphia area who um, took himself from us last year. Or early this year. Fuck, I can't even tell the years. 2020 shouldn't even count because you can't ever fuck me up with the years. But, you know, um, do people like him uh, lived if there was no COVID? I, I would say, yeah, I would I would make that shitty argument. And I hate anyone listening who's close. It's just this, this is like the point I'm trying to make. And I'm not trying to pull Steve's memory into this. But it, it's an important fact. It's like... I was at that point in his life where hardcore shows was it. It was my everything. And there's got to be more people like that where it's their everything. It's the bands. It's the friendships. It's the camaraderie. It's the place where you're accepted. It's the place where you walk in and you're not questioned. And, and, and you know, I fucking hate what people do when you say these two words together. But it is a fucking safe space. It is. Yes, there's ninja kicks and elbows and... All, I mean, like the kid lost his fucking tooth. 
It's ridiculous. First song of all due respect, Kid Lost Fucking Tooth. It's not physically safe all the time. But it's a place where people who are just out of step feel fucking good. And it's back. I wish it was sooner. I wish we could have saved some more people. Everyone's in a bad spot, but yet here we are. We're putting shows on fucking sale. And they're selling out like crack. It's insane. A long time ago, somebody told me, depending on what you do is how you look at things. And so from the promoter perspective, I knew Knock Loose would sell out the church. And we are like 60 tickets from being completely sold on our second show. Which is absolutely fantastic and incredible. And another band, Young, who are carrying the fucking flag. And we just sold out the Earth Crisis gimmick. The you, you the Year of the Knife Mind Force thing selling out before Doors was absolutely another like, wow, what the fuck. And, and it just shows you that. Or shows me, rather, that people are engaging and they want to get back. And I and I just want people to not be the usual, typical last 18-month or 15-month, whatever the fuck it was, self, where we get online after a show and we nit- nitpick and we brag and we fucking attack. Let's live in the actual physical fucking space. The band plays, you watch them. You don't like it, you sit in the fucking back. I don't even care if you go outside, if it doesn't really matter. But, like, give the band a couple fucking minutes. This thing is important. Especially something like the Philly Barbecue, which I'll get into in a few. There's so many bands. You know, like, I'll tell you, the glow-up of all fucking glow-ups was Hesitate. I fucking commanded that stage with Zach. Uh, I can't believe I said his name wrong. So stupid. Jack Zabinski. I flipped my letters around. You know, when I found out he was joining the band, I was like so fucking pumped. And I walked up to him at the Thompson Square Park show, him and his girl Maya. I was like, oh, we're going to get you some shows. And Hesitate was one of these young bands that popped up at the first Billy Barbecue. And uh, just seeing them just grow, it's just fucking command. It's fucking incredible. And that's the beauty of these things, like the things that Bob is putting together with this barbecue, where there's so many new bands. I mean, Bob has a fucking new band. It's like a. Avengers, all four friends. Eric's never been in a band. Lennon and Carter have been in every fucking band. And, you know, off the tracks, people are like, oh, who's that fucking band? But you're going to see and hear an incredible fucking hardcore band. There are so many bands like this. And that's the nature that as shows come back around, here we are. There's going to be the big tour. There's going to be the small show. The omnibus sort of fest craziness. I mean, I've seen so many fucking bills. Detroit's got shit popping. Baltimore's got shit popping. Richmond, Atlanta got shit popping. Nashville's got shit popping. When the fuck does Nashville have shit popping? I mean, you heard last week, Shane's got the, uh, it's not the Rumble or, you know, a heist, but it's two shows back to back, August 6th and 7th with Killer. Two separate lineups both nights. I mean, that's fucking fantastic. And and I'm so really excited that so many of my fucking friends have stepped up. So many of my friends' bands are back rolling. And so many of my friends are back. The people who buy the fucking tickets and buy the fucking merch and are there in the fucking, in the front line just supporting. Everyone's fucking back. And I and I want this to be, you know, uh, 
like it is important to understand that you don't have to do all those things. You can just be someone who just buys t-shirts and hangs out. But everyone's fucking back for a reason. And and I want to see some empathy. You know, um, I was at a show in New Jersey and there were some young kids back to the old stupid ways and I got involved and was like, hey, come on, shows are back. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess my position at 41 verse 20 has flipped completely. It's like a kind of young young man laugh at the old version of myself. But I want to see the best version of hardcore out there. And I want to see the best version of us. And for a lot of reasons. But, you know, one of the things that sticks in the front of my head right now is because there are people who aren't here anymore who would have loved to be in your fucking place right now. Whether it's Stu, whether it's Steven... Whereas any person was lost and that, you know, it could be 20 years ago. You know, there's a ton of people who aren't here any longer who would literally just, you know, I know that if they could do it, they'd be here. And so take this time, you know, remember what we didn't have. And that and that got lost in the first translation. And that's why I'm, I'm not jumping all over the place. I wanted to stay on point with that before we really get into some quick notes and talking and um i have so many people set up for recording and everyone's like you know the fourth fucked it up the fourth fucked it up so in the next three weeks i'm just gonna be recording like a sick amount of episodes and probably enough that's gonna get me into october so this will be the last time you're hearing me just chatting randomly and rambling on like a fucking moron but with the shit with the bane show the excitement of the year of the knife show and all the things coming up. I felt like it would be a good time to just have some solo time with my people. Say what's up. Speak my mind. And just talk about it. At first, this was going to be more like a scene report. And, I, you know, maybe down the line I'll do it. Maybe down the line we'll have, you know, different people talk about stuff. But I started getting on the tangents and I just wanted to clarify in my own head and broadcast the ideas that I think are probably most pertinent right now, which is that Hardcore is back, and it needs to have a level of respect due to it now. Don't immediately revert back to pre-COVID. The world's never going to end, and, you know, this shit's so boring. I'll just sit outside and act cool with my friends. I mean, if, as long as you buy a ticket, I don't care what you do in all honesty. Though that band that's on stage that's not quite as popular as the band that's coming up next could use an eye on them. Maybe an ear. Maybe you're the one who's at a and doesn't really know that this band's sick. You know, maybe you're seeing the first show of a band and have you never played your own show? There's some kind of excitement when you're standing up and you got these butterflies in your stomach and you just want to play and you turn around and everyone's like literally half a continent away from the front. <laughs> you know, you're like, fuck, who's going to watch us? I was so lucky that I got my first band jitters over when I was like 15. And then when I did Punishment, we had a whole gang in front of us. So we never had to fucking worry about if fucking people weren't going to be there for the first show. But, you know, I, I empathize and I fucking love these young bands. I love that all these assholes like fucking Zach Elmer are starting more bands. I love the idea that this area is like, repopulating with fucking bands with the cool people doing cool shit you know um 
I I think for me, the thing that I, I'm just most like want to keep harping on is that there's got to be some respect and there's got to be some understanding of like what this fucking really matters to people. Like this shit is important, you know? And if you want to be a Twitter naysayer and get the likes and retweets saying some sassy shit, that's on you. But this is our fucking lives. And this thing has gotten me through every fucking bad part of my entire existence. So it matters to me. So I relate that to you. Take this all, not with a grain of salt, but with courtesy and some compassion and some true excitement. And give it some time before you go back to being that pseudo-internet jaded bastard. And so with that, let's talk about some upcoming shows. First, let's just give Bob Wilson the hooray, you know, hip-hip hooray. Uh, one day I'm going to have him on the show, especially now that I do know who's headlining his FYA. And I do know that my ass will be at the castle three or four nights partying with the goss all night with my boy Austin Sparkman and watching FYA shit all fucking weekend. That he has straight banger shit for January 7th through 9th in Tampa, Florida. But Bob conceptualized the idea of pulling everybody together. You know, like I was saying forever, it's $5 shows. I don't care if we lose money. And what he created with the $2 before the first band and 10 after is absolutely fantastic. And those of you who were in Quakertown for the first one absolutely saw some just magic, some just great moments. And so Saturday, July 10th, Sellersville, Pennsylvania, at the Sellersville BFW, you can see the return of the Philly Hardcore Unity Barbecue. Carried by six. If you don't know who that is, Mushmouth, Chris, Kyle, Lifeless, uh, The Ghost, Drummer, uh, and fucking Zach Barono vocals. Insane. I love that these two bands are together on the flyer because Chemical Fix and Fixation is the double duo, you know, the Wyatt, the fucking Mike Balfalco, and just... Two bands riding the fucking Philly flag hard, driving the sound in a different direction, more classic, but still hard hitting. And the the tracks they just dropped for the fucking chemical fix shit is absolutely fucking dynamite. Gridiron, Matt Carl linking up with some Detroit people. Tyler Mullen on the drums from Year of the Knife. I did a little guest vocal on the demo, John. They got somehow they're gonna be bigger than Jesus. They keep this up. And this might be their first show. I'm pretty sure this is the first show. Hesitate. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Getting Jack and that band fucking changed. Jack. Jacob. I mean. This is some shit. This band's gonna go somewhere. Jesus Peace. I was making fun of Aaron because we asked him if they're playing. He's like, I don't know what we're doing. Blah, blah, blah. And here he is on this motherfucker. Good for Bob for getting him on there. I'm a retard. I don't know what killing me is. So I'm excited. I hope it's cool. Life's question. I guess some of them guys moved up this way now. I don't know where they're from. I think Baltimore, but somewhere else too. People have been jocking them. And uh, it's their first Philly barbecue. Not 
one truth. The weirdest asshole in North America, Zach Elmer, comes back with a new fucking band. Uh, hopefully he doesn't throw his uh, uncle's uh, wheelchair wheel in the crowd like last time, even though that right there was my favorite moment, probably of hardcore in the last 10 years. Off the tracks, you you know we already talked about them. One step closer, Wilkes Bar. Had that turning point vibe. Who knows where they're going next, but they're blowing up. Payback. Bam, 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 bam. Opening up the show. Keith, AC, Carter, Jake. Some real shit. I'm excited for it. Uh, Reign of Salvation. James Austin. Delaware, but still part of the gang. Um, Raw Brigade. I mean, for those of you who don't know who Raw Brigade is, Carlos. And his friends went absolutely fucking apeshit in fucking Philly when Youth Today did that reunion at this hardcore. And then he would end up moving up here. And Raw Brigade did play this hardcore where they moved up here. But now with Carlos up here, you know, we get Raw Brigade in America. It's fucking sick. Raw Life, Tonio, Ryan Googs, the boys, they fucking killed it opening the year of the knife show. Can't see what they got for Saturday. Shackled. You know, the young boys, man, I'm telling you, they just keep going and going. And, dude, they got a weekend tour coming up in the Midwest. I'm so fucking excited for them. Simulacra. Hard moshing from Dom, man. I'm telling you. Dom, Zave. That's going to be a wild one. Spirit Flaw. So, this is the thing that I love about hardcore the most. You're going to go ahead and you're going to be a young kid. And then you get on the, you get on the mic, or you get on behind a guitar, and you start a band. And your band becomes the guy on stage. And after you're done playing, you get back in the fucking crowd. That's like the the ultimate hardcore like thing. Start off seeing bands, start a band, continue to fucking cycle. Big ups to Spirit Flaw. And uh broken ass foot Marty Williams and um other dudes in Truck Nerve. Youngblood Records and Philadelphia finally combined. I know so many years, like, I don't give a fuck about this show, Joe. I live in fucking outer Jabib. Why are you talking about this? But I'm excited. And I'm excited because it's a show with so many bands. And a lot of them are not going to get a lot of retweets. Maybe don't get a thousand likes on the gram. But they're fucking sick. And it kind of goes back to what I'm saying. It's like, you don't have to book Testament. You don't have to book quick, um, Quicksand or fucking Turnstile to make a cool fucking show. These motherfuckers in Syracuse had a show a couple weeks ago. Absolutely fantastic. Now Year of the Knife and Warren from Wilkes Bar are going to be up there again in August. I believe it's the 29th. A skate park. Fuck it. Just do it. Bob's doing this show. All the money goes to the Philly Bully Team. Helping out a good cause. Get some unity. Get back. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes it's hard to show. Not just because... There's so much going on, but there's so many people you just want to catch up with that I feel like this is just one more moment where so many people are going to click together and just see each other and be happy. And that's what this whole fucking thing's about, is like being together, being happy. And as shows progress, yeah, you might get tired. Oh, yeah, how you been? You know, blah, blah, blah. But like for so many of us, and I've seen it, you know, it was hard at Thompson Square Park to talk. But my mind's a little bit more clear. And, you know, after the Manball show, and, and I didn't have much time at the Year of Knife show to, to BS and whatever, but it'll be good to be back in the fucking company of our friends. 
And, and that's what this whole thing is. You know, um, it don't matter where your show is, what the bands are seeing. This whole thing revolves around the relationships and the interactions of the people. And so Bob and, you know, I think even Ace, uh, I think Lumpy did one, those record swaps. Yo, that's what it was. Let's just get our friends together to talk while we're wearing these goddamn fucking masks. We're stuck in our fucking house. There's not much going on. And all that shit's over. Now now we're back to fucking game time here. And um, so, yeah, we got a fucking shit ton of shows. And um, I'm also going to start announcing other people's shows. So if you want to hit me on the gram and say, hey, announce my fucking show, I'll announce your fucking show. I want people to go to fucking shows. It's what I wanted to do. Jesus, my own. Uh, for those who don't know, next March will be 25 years of me booking shows. What? I was in a band when I was 14, turning 15. Started Punishment when I was 19. Yeah, just turned 19, we started Punishment. And so I've been giving out flyers since I was like 15 years old, which is 26 years, which is older than most of probably the young kids listening. But like, it's important to me to get people to know what's going on. So you get a flyer, you get a show, you tell me, I'm going to announce it on this motherfucker. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, Earth Crisis thing. How about it? I work with Design Worker. He goes, how about it? Is <laughs> the ending of a sentence. It's fucking great. Um, Earth Crisis, Snapcase and Strife, The California Takeover, 1994, live release. And I believe I'm allowed to say this, but if I'm not, don't shoot me. But they they recorded something from 2019 when I did it in California. So the Phil, the Buffalo, Philly, and Philly will be the release of this second East. Uh, uh, I think it's a California takeover number two, just on the East Coast. The Buffalo show sold out. That one had. Buried Alive and Restraining Order. The Philly show that sold out first was Earth Crisis Headlining with Snapcase and Strife, Our Friends, Fixation, and the band, Envision. No fucking joke, another Lennon band. Psyched that those dudes live up in Philly, some of them now. Made Envision playing up here a little bit easier. And a little trick for those of you in the uh, intermediate phase of booking. If you're trying to sell out two shows with two separate lineups, don't be a rookie and make the better show the stacked one. If you're doing a show and you're pretty sure three bands will sell it out, don't even have to announce them. Just announce the big names. Make the second show if the first room sells out the one with the banger so the person who buys the first ticket wants to go two nights in a row. Or the person flying from outer Jabip or riding a fucking goddamn steam engine or fucking scuba diving here they want to fucking come for two shows that's how you fucking do it so like people are like how come you didn't do bird alive blah 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 because i got a fucking strategy jerk off i knew the first show would sell out quick i wanted to get you on the hook come back for number two so my boy scott vogel bird alive coming back to philly playing alongside these bands this is absolutely fantastic and not without irony but you know hey you're the knife can headline that room but guess what they also can open when they're playing with a fucking list of giants legend bands and so i would say 
if you're from some other places, blah, 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 they may never play there. So get your fucking ticket. I think there's like 125 or so left in Philadelphia, and then that's it. Don't miss out on this shit. Obviously, all of our shows, I'll say this probably five times, is at phillyhardcoreshows.com. Buy your fucking ticket. Just like the Knock Loose show, which is the second one, Sunday, September 12th, is on the verge of selling out. Get your fucking ticket. Um, Some band comes to town, and you know two out of four of the show uh, bands on the show, you go to the fucking show. Maybe you know four bands by the time it's over. Tired of this shit where the two go, the two, the two cool guy comes out, you know. And I've been there. I've been tired after work. You know, I'm a little old, but no, still no excuse. Sometimes stopping in on some of the Bob shows that I don't have to be there early for. I've I've seen some really incredible bands. I see Warren, fucking blew me away. Hard fucking shit, you know. Aggressive fucking great vocals. And um, I'm glad I wasn't a cunt and wasn't too cool to go in, you know. It's it's just, it's a reoccurring theme, is it not? Where we go for the things we like, the people we like, but do we really support the things that are just outside of our wheelhouse? Not often, or at least to me, not often enough. And I think as we see this, I see this bottleneck already starting. I mean. Let's just clear the air. Between September and November was always very packed for the concert schedule. But yet the big shows aren't really coming back till the following year in 2022. So a lot of these rooms that were the hardcore shows are based, which is smaller rooms or smaller cap-sized rooms. They're getting locked up with stuff that is bands being like, well, we don't get a room, we'll play a smaller show. Or agents just trying to get in there, you know? And so this shit is important. And the bands that do get the shot to play need to be fucking supported. And um, I think about Europe and I think about all these other countries where, you know, I met a guy at the Madball show who came from fucking Kiev to Pressure Festival to see Shattered Rome. And that's like literally probably a three-day bus drive. And he was also super excited because he saw Brian from Deb Hortis Honor there. And he was talking about how far he went to go see them. And, yeah, we, we got it easy out here. And I don't think anybody's going to say, yeah, no shit. But just keep in mind how much this shit means to people across the fucking globe. My boy Riz, big shout out to Riz, Unite Asia. I'm going to have him on the podcast. Send me some info, some DMs on your thoughts on this. I, I I think that we are all lost and very myopic in just a world that we can only exist in, such as like the Philly hardcore scene or New York hardcore scene, whatever. And I think when we get Riz on the show, because he's Asian and his entire perspective is so much wider as far as hardcore and how it relates back to the world, then maybe you'll see some of the importance of these bands that are kind of getting seen as like, oh, well, you know, we see them all the time. In other places, our bands are seen as like a gift every time they come through. And these fans are fucking insane. And and it's actually part of the life's blood of hardcore in general. And I, I've seen some mocking stuff like, oh, well, you know, just end up just being a Europe band or whatever. But, you know, if it wasn't for Europe and it wasn't for Australia, it wasn't for Japan and Asia that are able to give our greatest bands money so they can fucking just live and just do this thing, who knows where it would fucking be? 
Also, who cares? That's what I'm going to say. Who fucking cares? You know, there's a lot of whack bands that kind of made the Europe tour and they kind of, funny enough, it's like they're like encased in amber like Jurassic Park and they're stuck in this one world and just replay that shit, but they're still manball. They're still agnostic front. You know, there's still bands that are like holding the fucking torch and flag and just keeping this shit going forward. And I, and I think that, thank God that Manball came out first because that shit in fucking PA was insane. I heard both Connecticut was insane. I heard New Hampshire was fucking insane. And it's so good to hear that someone like Manball is not getting, which gets back to me to the original point. This whole thing was not taken for granted by those who were out there supporting. Be one of those people. If you're a promoter, you need some help, you can reach out to me. I'll give you some info. I can give you some advice. Talk a little shop. If you're a band, it's pretty simple. Start fucking doing something. Don't wait for a fucking booking agent. Don't wait for a fucking label. Don't wait for a video. Just fucking do something. You know, we're not all Scott El- uh, Zach Elmer out here. You know, some of us just fucking grind and hustle and push through and make shit happen. If you wait and write tweets and at people and try to make internet friends, just do the fucking street work. Make a fucking song. Give it the fuck out. Tell people about it. Rinse, repeat. Get on a show. Make a good impression. Some simple fucking things. There's nothing to this. Promoters, it's simple. Look at how much the room is going to cost. Look how much show overall costs you have. Think about what percentage of the room will be full for you to break even. If you need 85% of that room to break even, that's a lot of money and that's a lot of risk. Think about the risk. You can get good guarantees with some back end without having to fucking shoot for the moon, give this giant guarantee and then lose your ass one instead of just being smart and saying, hey, here's the best I could do. My shows in this town only go so far, but we think this one could do better. You know, a lot of these agents will work with you. And big shout-outs again. Something was said about the San Jose shows not being involved with managers and agents. And yeah, that's a huge thing because there's a tertiary argument that's set up with the management and the booking agent where they fight for position. They want to make sure the name. I've had fucking booking agent assistants tell me, you have to make this flyer at least 10% bigger. The flyer names have to be the same size. And I said, unless these two bands are playing on the same stage at the same time, someone's playing last. Whoever plays last, the name's bigger on the flyer. That's fucking stupid. Unless you're a really cool band from the 90s and you make your own flyer, and that name is Giant, and then you just like have the small bands, which like the bigger bands. That was like an old school flex. Like, come see us when we open for, and here's ten. And I'm not dissing. I think it's cool as shit. Dysphoria used to have flyers like that. I mean, I I miss actually just seeing bands promote their shows with their own flyer. You know, and I also I miss regular flyers. I, I'm getting a setup together so I can make more of my own flyers, just because I miss the aesthetic of it. And I realize these made for. Instagram and Twitter flyers look great, but then they don't look cool reprinted. So I'm going to get back onto that. This whole thing has just been me talking out how I feel about hardcore and how I hope that some of you can relate to this. And if I rambled on and you don't like it, fuck you. I don't need to hear that shit. Don't listen no more. Next week, we're going to have legitimate real guests in succession 
the weeks are going to continue. I am absolutely not sucking my own dick when I say this, but I'm pretty fucking shocked that we're almost at 50 episodes already. And I'm absolutely thrilled that this thing has made some of you conceptualize hardcore in a different light or view it in a way that you had not really ever seen that perspective. So many of your messages just make my fucking day. And I I didn't have the ability to keep going with what I wasn't really recording earlier. And I knew I was going to do like an hour of me talking because I have so much going on in my home life, so much going on in work life. I couldn't put two to three hours and then in editing this weekend, it would have been fucked up. And I just wanted to give you guys some understanding that this shit means the fucking world to people. This fucking hardcore thing is everything to some. And to some people, it's a lot. And I don't think we need to go back and forth on Twitter and be like, I only like it some, I only hear for this. That's irrelevant. Hardcore is back. It matters. The people doing it are getting some reward from it. I get my brain to shut down and just focus, which is so fucking hard, and it's been a life struggle. But I like to juggle things. It's a little hard when you're arguing with the emails and you're trying to fight for what's good and right without worrying about the money end of it. There's a lot of little things that make booking harder and you get really disappointed in your favorite fucking bands and then they stop being your favorite fucking bands until so you get new favorite bands who aren't dickheads and then you're just thankful for Scott Vogel and you're thankful for fucking Freddie Mabel and you're thankful for fucking Mike Score and all these guys who just pick up their phone. They don't hide behind a fucking manager and agent. And sometimes, yo, you know what? We talk, then they get their manager and agent involved. They make sure they get the right deal and everything's on the board. But just like the people that you can reach out to. You know, our first show back, Chris and I knew that we were going to be able to do shit at Reverb. And all I did was walk up to Freddie and was like, yo, if you need a PA show, let us know. We're ready to rip. That's all it took. Next you know, emails were sent. Boom, the boom. One of the coolest shows we had in forever. And everyone who came out, I love you. I love you just for supporting the first thing. And if you're in Baltimore, you're in Richmond, you're in Atlanta, anywhere where you're at, Detroit's got shows, Chicago's got shows, fucking uh, Wisconsin's got shows, Minneapolis got shows. Anywhere where there's the first shows, Boston Hardcore shows just came out with a bunch of shows. Wherever the first fucking show is, go to it. Watch some bands. See some friends. Take this all in and remember what we didn't fucking have for over a year. Remember the small things. And get yourself to immerse them. I I seldomly buy merch because I have too much shit already. But I love seeing... At all the shows, I've had just people at the merch all the time. Buying shit, looking at records, CDs. It's just like, this is such a fucking hour thing. You know, like distros, you know, dude has got the distro. Big shot at him. Also, I should say, fuck, I totally forgot. Uh, we have Kublicom. I am Chamber. And we have The Departed from New Jersey and Snake Charmer. Friday, August 6th at Underground Arts Black Box. This show is also halfway sold out. It's definitely going to sell out the black box. Don't miss out. 
Get your fucking tickets. Uh, we talked about the Knock Loose show, Philly. We talked about the Earth Crazy shows. Bob has a bunch of shows. I have a bunch of shows. More shit's going to get it down in the next couple weeks. And it's going to keep going this way. Support us. Philly HC shows on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to the Philly Hardcore Shows page. Chris makes all the fucking event pages back. We got plenty of shit to get in touch with us at the social media level for our fucking shows. If you're a promoter, do not think if 400 people say they're going that they're going to really go. Get out there, hustle, make paper flyers. In two shows, I gave out over 1,200 flyers. And I'm going to bring another 500 to the show at the barbecue, which I should mention, yes, there are no pre-sale tickets, but we ain't turning nobody around. So get your ass in there. It's going to be a wild fucking night. Thank you for letting me babble on for 40-something weeks. Thank you for letting me talk for the last hour. I'm trying to exercise some demons here. I, I really got fucked up by the Bane thing. And I really need you to go support them. Buy the fucking t-shirt. Support the shit close to you. Support the shit that matters. And just stop being a baby on the internet and getting the dumb little nuanced arguments because you never know if the next time you see this person in real life, that might be their last fucking show. And think about all the dumb little arguments on the internet and now you're back to seeing these people. If he says I'm out of pocket shit, you might get fucking rocked. And that's on you, man. That's on you. Stupid, saying stupid shit that you're fucking... You know, they say, writing cash, writing checks your ass can't cash. Always love that line. But, like, leave that internet shit alone. In the real life, where we see each other eye to eye, we shake hands, we say hello, and we keep it fucking moving if you don't really like the guy. But just say hello, at the minimum. Unless you're a total cunt. But it, it's, it's all coming back. And it all needs love. It needs respect. And we need to look at this as something that did not ever occur to us that we just wouldn't have shows. And so now that they're back until, I don't know, maybe I'll get a, a, a betting pool to when people start going, oh, I've been to so many shows, I'm fucking done. I know I'm going to be at FYA. I'm working on getting my Chicago tickets together. I almost flew out to fucking Orlando. My boys three knee deep and buried dreams and most importantly, MH Chaos back in Florida. If there was the castle in Orlando, I might have gone. I don't know. But shows are back. We're traveling. The show. Oh, yeah. Sick of it all. I mean, not sick of it all. But I'm sure there are slap shots doing a tour. Old dogs are getting out there 35 years running as bands. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. And sick. You know? Some bands can't play more than three years. Slapshot and sure Terror figured out ways to make these things happen. And go out and support this fucking shit. And, um... Uh, there's just so many fucking things. Oh, Force Reality, July 24th in Connecticut. I mean, I was going to do a whole scene report, and I gave up. I got all fucked up talking about the main show. I'm still fucked up talking about the main show. Support hardcore. Support your friends. If you don't have friends, go to a show, shake hands, make fucking friends. Don't look at likes and retweets and all that fucking bullshit. Make real life connections remember this shit is important remember that this shit changes everybody this shit makes you someone that i can immediately relate to we get stuck in the elevator we could talk for hours about hardcore one time i was stuck in an airport in germany just flying over to see my friends for england for a day 
I hung out with a band, and we literally hung out for three hours at the airport, and I put him on a This Is Hardcore. Bunch of kids from Nottingham, the land of Sherwood, Sherwood Forest, and, you know, Robin Hood and all that shit, just from hanging out with them in the airport. About home, I think it was called. Oh, almost home. I'm sorry. And, like, I think about it to this day, like, I'm in fucking Germany by myself about to fly on an easy jet, and here's some a bunch of young hardcore kids, and I had a fucking blast. If you didn't have, if I didn't have hardcore, when the fuck would I be in Germany flying to England? Need to say, what would I have anything to say about a bunch of weird English kids when I'm an American flying from Germany to England? This is a common denominator. This is a fucking binding point. Stop putting up walls. Stop being a dickhead. Stop coming up with reasons to not watch bands. Just love this fucking shit because it went away so long. I, I was actually never worried it wouldn't come back, but I didn't know in which fashion it would. And I'm loving this fucking energy. I'm loving these shows selling out. I'm loving people going fucking ballistic. And I love all of you. Have a good night. Next week, back to the fucking bullshit. Back to the uh, three-hour interviews and all the cool shit. And I got a ton of stuff lined up. Thank you for letting me ramble. Good night.